Hello, my name is uh, Pratik Mukhopadhyay. I'm an entrepreneur and an author. I'll be hosting the Reimagine Sales Systems podcast where I'll be bringing some of the industry thought leaders who will be sharing their go-to-market strategies for their business systems. Welcome everyone. Today uh, in a podcast, I have the pleasure of welcoming Robert Wagstaff uh, from JFrog. He's the VP of Operations there. Welcome Robert. Thank you. Thank you Pratik. Glad to be here. Thank you, Robert. So, Robert, love to get a little understanding about your personal journey, journey in the enterprise world, and how did you uh, come uh, to lead the revenue operations uh, group at JFrog? Sure. Thank you. Thank you for the the introduction and the chance to be here. I appreciate it. Um, I would say mine's probably I don't know if it's interesting or not, but I would say not the usual journey. Um, I actually started out formal education in accounting accounting information systems, got my master's, had uh, aspirations of, you know, getting, becoming a CPA um, and, you know, going the big six route, of, of which I did. So I actually started my career out at Price and Deloitte um, with that aspiration of, of doing audit and, and actually the IT audit side of, of that, of that journey. And I'm, and I don't know, fortunately, unfortunately, during that journey, I figured out I didn't, that's not, wasn't, that wasn't my calling and in life. And, um, but at the same time, uh, when I was at Price in the Bay Area, I worked for, you know, this was the time where everybody's doing the big PeopleSoft, Oracle, SAP implementations. And then there mm-hmm, was a mm-hmm. niche, a niche that we found in terms of the change management side, which interacted both on the audit side, but also on the system side. And uh, my my manager at that point decided to start a small um, systems in- integration team within Deloitte, or sorry, within Pricewaterhouse around a product called Tivoli. And it eventually was bought by IBM, but it was, a, it was around, you know, thousands of PCs. How do you do updates to that? especially as you, you know, look at these big, large ERP you know, installations. And so we actually started that on the side. So continue to do audit and most of my clients were in the tech, tech space. And then we started to try to build this, you know, systems integration team. And um, the three of us then eventually moved to Deloitte who had actually started the same, you know, same, same function. And so the three of us went to Deloitte and helped them start, um, you know, kind of build up their function there. And then my boss, same boss, went to Yahoo. So I, I did the, I would say the Silicon Valley, you know, follow your leader to three different companies, which which I don't know if I would uh, promote or not, but uh, but it definitely worked out for me because he, he was, uh, you know, he's since, he's since retired, so I can't uh, actually work for him anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I found somebody that was, uh, you know, that I could, that I could look up to and he continues to be a mentor of mine, but uh, he actually helped me kind of kind of see and, and think about kind of what, what I did want to do. So knowing that I didn't want to go up to the, to the ranks there. And then at Yahoo, and again, uh, you know, this was the time of Sox, Sarbanes-Oxley just rolled out. So my first year at Yahoo was, was getting Yahoo ready for Sox. So I, I did the IT portion of that, again, security, change management, backup recovery, all of those things had to be in place to sign off on SOX. Uh, we were fortunate, you know, we went through the first year, we signed off, 
And because of that, and because of Yahoo and the digital media space, so much of your revenue is tied into the operations. You know, ultimately you're billing customers on your numbers and your metrics that the revenue engine is, is tied within the operations. And so spent a year doing socks. And then they said, Hey, since you hopefully did a good job on socks, you got us passed. Why don't you come run the billing side? And for me, that was quote, you know, the transition where I made from kind of finance audit over into operations. And again, I didn't know what operations was at that point. I just knew, you know, we, we had these billing systems and engines and, you know, that was the basis for our numbers. And, you know, I, so I, so I started that team where we did the billing forecast training, plus all of our internal metrics and which then, you know, became our external metrics. And for me, that was kind of my career start on what was operations. And again, in the digital space. And it also, you know, looking back now is also, you know, SaaS, one of the first SaaS models, because again, customers would come into the, to Yahoo, buy, buy quote ads or ads, or, you know, work at, you know, buy off our auction, but we didn't make money until people used the service or paid for the service until we delivered something. Yeah, so, revenue recognition performance. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I lucked into both at the same time, but that's kind of kind of how it worked out. And it's actually served me well in each of my subsequent um, you know companies all the way up to JFrog. You know, having both kind of the consulting background, the accounting, kind of the, the number side of it, but also then understanding how those interact with uh, you know the revenue and and now with you know SaaS companies, ARR or MRR is probably your your key metric. So I you know just to kind of move on a little bit, Yahoo spent five years there. My last role was actually in London uh, because I had aspirations of running the sales side of it. So I spent my last year and a half in London running their account management, client services, ad operations, tech operations for Europe. And again, it's, it's sentiment, it's cemented in my mind, kind of this, uh, you know, at least where I wanted to be was didn't want to be frontline sales. Uh, even though part of my team was, you know, quota bearing reps, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and account management, um, but loved the sales, you know, loving being, loved being close to the customer and also close to the revenue. So, right. and, okay. and that, uh, really, at, at least for me gave me that sweet spot between, you know, the sales teams and the product sales teams and finance sales teams legal, and hopefully, you know, playing that conduit between each of those teams to hopefully, gen you know, generate or maximize our, our value proposition. Yeah, um, yeah, right, right, right. No, th th that's really helpful. Very interesting. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, yeah I would say, and then, uh, you know, subsequent spent time at Microsoft, uh, similar role, just happened to be on the search side of the business with Bing and actually their Yahoo partnership with Bing, uh, which then also then led me to a similar role at TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor actually runs a search auction. That's their largest revenue stream. So most people don't know that, but they also also have an ad network and a SaaS business. So TripAdvisor was, you know, at least for me, an ability to kind of look across different revenue streams. Um, they had an inside sales team. They had a field motion. Uh, they had probably one of the most complex tech stacks uh, because of that. 
because again, they ran a, you know, a second, you know, when I joined the first price auction, which they switched to a second price auction, they ran a SaaS business separately, plus the Google, you know, we used the Google ad server and add all the Google tools to do all the ad networks. And we had a DMP there. So probably the most variety of tools across each of those business lines and, and then try to integrate the, try to integrate them into Salesforce ultimately to do all of our order customer management, um, was, was an interesting challenge, I would say to least, but, uh, but at least gave me that breadth that I had been looking for there. Um, and then, you know, joined JFrog about a year ago, pre IPO, uh, JFrog grew up through the open source community. They started their business many years ago with an open source product that did extremely well, went back and built a commercial version of that, uh, um, called artifactory today and um, did extremely well with Artifactory um, and have now since built on top of Artifactory a, a whole enterprise suite of helping DevOps or developers, which now they call DevOps and DevSecOps folks, uh, build, deliver and update software continuously. You know, they call it the liquid software vision. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, interesting though, almost a hundred percent inbound, uh, sales funnel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a very interesting. Uh, yeah. So the, the go-to-market strategy, unlike other companies where you have direct and channel, uh, JFrog still is, uh, probably, uh, doesn't need it or not, or not pursuing that uh, as a priority. Yeah. Huh? Well, 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 definitely pursuing it as a priority, but, uh, they grew up out of the truly land and expand model. Um, and again, completely different than TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor was, you know, mm -hmm. pretty much 100% outbound. Right. Um, or field motions, you know, with, with large clients. And JFrog, you know, flipped it, flipped it over completely inbound um, and upsell, you know, land and truly land and expand. And that's been my journey now is, is building out those other components. We, we do, we definitely want a channel strategy. We definitely want a field uh, motion as the product suite has now, um, you know, grown and as our customers are matured in the DevOps and the DevSecOps spaces, they demand, uh, you know, a higher integration, a higher touch point and a higher level of service to, to continue to grow, you know, within their craft, uh, you know, in their respective companies. And, um, you know, I would say COVID was, um, mm -hmm was very good for JFrog. Uh, when I joined, even just a year ago, I think we were, what, 450 folks. We're now over 700. Uh, we went public last September. Mm -hmm. uh, just happened to be the same week that Snowflake went public, so nobody remembers JFrog. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but still, uh, still, still it's ha has been a very fun ride. And I would say that the thing that really attracted me to JFrog was the ability to build um, RevOps from, from the ground up. Um, unlike, you know, Yahoo or Microsoft or even TripAdvisor, they already had sales ops and, you know, a lot of the components. And at JFrog, you know, it's been a, it's been a build journey for, for me, which is extremely fun. And I would say it's probably been the most fun part of my career today. So. 
yeah it's always good to sort of build something when uh, the process and systems are not there so that's awesome so so let, if you dive in a little bit about jfrog uh, 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 robert what are some of the systems that you have de- deployed either internal or uh, out of the box uh, to enable monetization right so you talked about billing you talked about performance obligation revenue recognition so it'll be good to uh, kind of get some perspective on that and obviously uh, part 2 is how do you make that uh, work in terms of adoption and usage yeah i would say it's it's interesting uh while revops quote didn't exist as a team the functions you know existed at jfrog and they were pretty smart i would say early on in their journey to to look at quote best you know what we would call best of breed type tools so they are salesforce and they had implemented salesforce you know a, a while ago and on top of that they've implemented cpq um already and in fact i would say if anything i'm trying to you know we're kind of going the other way where we seem to have a tool for everything uh you know and so we have a very um you know i would say a very, very complete stack, tech stack but at the same time not well not well integrated across all of the i would say non salesforce cpq tools and you know so for example um we we essentially run three sales teams like you know US MEA pack and then we have a self-hosted version we call cloud and each of those you know uses salesforce differently you know slightly differently each of them have you know different needs and so they've you know implemented different tools differently and i would say part of my journey in building out the revops function as a central has been is now to kind of realign the process across the teams so provide more of that holistic view provide more of a holistic um process end to end process uh parts and that's been and i would say that's probably been my most recent journey my first 6 months was really just building out what we needed to to quote you know make it as a public company so forecast pipeline management metrics uh stuff like that and now now that we're public I'm going back and and we're building out I would say the other functions of revops you know a deal desk um a, a systems and tools type team uh we're completing kind of our bi stack for for sales um and so right now I would say I'm in the you know the first part of my journey there was just to kind of get ready now I'm back in the build mode again uh to kind of complete the picture I would say of of what revops would normally be at any other company interesting and and uh in terms of uh making uh so so in your case uh because it is a lot of uh, 100% or close to inbound uh does jfrog have a sales uh, and a marketing team and do you have a proper flow of um of tracking your lead to orders to cash like uh, how how is the process internally in terms of uh, i would say tracking orders and eventually putting them in your revenue recognition system and then doing doing the downstream uh, management of those yeah um no good question we hired uh this our cmo probably 4 months ago yeah back in november so maybe sorry even longer ago and that restarted the journey about tracking you know the leads and the lead flows and lead definitions so 
I would say in the last six months, well, you know, so when I joined, essentially I started quote, my sales journey from an opportunity to close. And yes, there was a, a lead gen function at that point and, you know, very robust one being that we're hundred percent inbound, but that wasn't quote, uh, what we needed to do at that point, because we actually needed to have a quarterly forecast and because of our, the nature of our cycle times to get to a quarterly forecast, you have to model out what happens in the quarter. In other words, if you can't, we're not a traditional, you know, coming in the quarter, you're, you know, your X amount of your pipe, you, you move through the quarter, you know, we, we just, we just don't have that metric. So if you look at our, you know, pipeline at the start of the quarter and most traditional companies would say you never make it. And it's because we build and close so much of what happens in the quarter. So my first six months, even to get to a, to a robust quarterly forecast was to model out what happens, you know, as you're moving into the quarter, how much pipe rolls over from the previous quarter, how mm -hmm. much do you build and close in the quarter? And then, and therefore, you know, what, what is next quarter going to look like based on right. those metrics? Right, right, right. But, and now, you know, since we have a CMO, we've actually gone back and redefined kind of that whole workflow. And we use Marketo for our uh, marketing tool. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, Marketo did not agree with Salesforce in terms of the metrics right. and, and our definitions weren't consistent, uh, between the two. So we, again, had that traditional, Hey, we're generating a bunch of leads. We think they're qualified leads, uh, sales. Why can't you, you know, convert these into opportunities faster right. uh, and, and vice versa sales saying, Hey, marketing, I'm not getting enough qualified leads. You know, why aren't you guys, you know, give me better leads. And, um, and so we've actually done a lot of work across teams. And, and to me, this is where RevOps really shines. It's that, you know, white space between teams that typically is the, you know, what's holding you back. And, you know, and so we sat down and, uh, kind of said, Hey, you know, what's a, what's an MEL, what's an right. MQL, what attributes do we want to define in each of those stages? Um, we have an SDR model that mm -hmm. converts our MQLs to SQLs. So again, it's, but, uh, you know, nobody kind of, I would say really sat down and done the work, uh, to really kind of define that workflow, define the metrics and then figure out kind of, you know, why we were, why we weren't in sync, right. you know, in, ter right. in terms of that. And, and I would say, you know, thankfully we've done that now. So we have a, a very robust, you know, uh, lead funnel that we track. We have key metrics that we look at. We have a whole new business, you know, funnel that we we've now built out. And, uh, I would say, you know, it's been it now, now we're at the point, I think we have all the metrics and now we're trying to fix, you know, figure out what we're going to fix and, and obviously try to fix it as fast as possible. So. Right, right, right. Uh, in terms of, uh, and that's, that's, that's interesting. So, uh, if you look at, uh, a journey for a company, right? And, and I think GFROG has evolved and so the role has also evolved. Uh, are you using a lot of uh, in-house tools or are you using a lot of popular tools like uh, Salesforce, CPQ, CRM, and Clary? Like, like uh, if, if, if you were to recommend a practitioner sort of who's taking on a role like this, uh, 
what's what would your recommendation be like uh, what's your tech stack look like today yeah yeah like i could say I, i would say we're probably trying to go the other way so for mm-hmm. you know we have marketo right and then our sdrs use salesloft uh right. you know for their workflow uh we we tried to implement uh a, a tool similar to gainsight called the tango Oh yeah, customer success, right, right, right. For customer success, yes. Uh, yes. We are now rolling out a VSO for forecasting. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, interesting. And, uh, and then we have Yesware. We 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 literally have probably, you know, a tool a tool for everything. But again, the integration and, and the usage varies by team. Right. Right. So that is quote the work that we're going right now is like, um, yeah, we we. you know for, for as much as possible we would i would say traditionally buy versus build at least mm. for the sales tech stack mm mm-hmm. um and then uh, but we have been, obviously have built some tools in house but uh, you know click click is our bi tool uh instead of tableau um and i'm trying to think, you know I, I we just did the inventory. We actually have a lot of tools. <laughs> and Robert, in yeah, today you're also do, uh, like as part of RevOps, also doing the ASC 606 performance obligation, a lot of those um, compliance stuff to report. Now that you're a public company, I, uh, um, is that something you, your team does, or is it more on the finance? Uh, yeah, at, uh, yeah, at uh, at TripAdvisor, we we did it all. You know, we did right. the we did bookings, billings. right backlog right. everything at here thankfully our focus is on ARR so we right. our finance teams um do the rev rec and rev you know revenue translation um got it got it for us interesting very interesting uh, covid was a very interesting year and you mentioned about the ipo and also the growth uh, so what are the, your priorities uh, for this year right like as you look at uh, your go to market strategy your sales motions uh, how is jfrog evolving and what is it doing this year in terms of projects initiatives or even uh, enhancements yeah. yeah i would say it's it's the it's, it's what we mentioned it's 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 going back and looking at our channel strategy and building mm-hmm. that out it's looking at our field strategy uh you know and building that out you know and for me that both of those mean and then it's also enhancing kind of our current you know road roadmap and and what's that translated to me is you know as I mentioned before the podcast is hiring so right I, i'm actively hiring somebody to help me rationalize our tech stack and not just our stack for the sake of tools but our stack in the sake of what are the sales capabilities we need what tools then do we want to have into that stack to solve those capabilities mm-hmm. but let's start with the let's start with the capabilities first um and build out what processes we need to have to grow each of those areas so we still you know we still want to build it and and maintain our inside sales motion uh and grow that at the same time customers are demanding us to be more you know coming through you know buy sell mm-hmm. how they want to buy and you know for large cu- customers that's sometimes through the channel for large customers it's sometimes right. you know, through a, through a field motion where you're you're dealing with legal and finance and procurement and a bunch of other folks that maybe typically weren't as involved but as the deals get bigger they become more and more involved 
and that process. So, um, which is necessitated, you know, which is also translating us into building out a deal desk uh, function as well. Uh, but I would say first and foremost is, is what we just talked about was rationalizing kind of our process across the teams mm-hmm. uh, where we want our folks to be creative with the customers, but not necessarily creative with our tools and our process. And, uh, but I mean, for us, that means taking a step back, rationalizing our process and capabilities, looking at our current tech stack to see, you know, what problems it solves, but also what gaps we still have and, uh, to then fill. And then, uh, and then deciding whether our current tool set or if we want to switch out tools uh, to solve that. Awesome. Uh, we're almost at the end of our podcast, Robert. So I want to ask a little bit about your personal style and, and the kind of culture you'd evolve, right? So if you were to recommend somebody early uh, in career, uh, maybe working at a big four today or trying to uh, uh, be a business analyst, like what would you recommend, right? Eventually, if they have to become a leader like you, what are some of the things you would recommend them uh, so that they can sort of build a career over time. Sure, sure. And uh, I, um, like I say, I, the, the things that I at least try to hire or aspire to is, uh, you know, I, I came up through the tech area. So very matrixed environments, uh, very flat in many cases. So don't be afraid of sharing your voice and sharing your thoughts. I mean, I've, you know, been hiring a bunch of analysts. The ones that do well, obviously have the technical skills to do the job, but also come with a voice about what they're seeing and the ability to kind of share Mm -hmm. that voice versus just kind of giving me a bunch of numbers. Um, And I think, you know, often folks are, I don't know, hopefully not intimidated, but you know, Hopefully, hopefully I'm creating an environment where they feel like they can share because that's, you know, when you're in the data, you actually see things that nobody else is going to see. And, and I find the analysts that can kind of point to some of those nuggets as they kind of build it as the ones that drive the most value in our, in, at least in our business. And, and, um, so I would say, don't be afraid of, of sharing your voice. The other side is, you know, hone hone one or two skills that you're super good at. And if you're, you know, I would say play to your strengths. That's the, I would say the mm-hmm. typical don't. And if you have one or two good strengths, play, you know, play those up. And if you want to build or dabble into other areas, that's great. But, but make sure that your strengths are, are key and, and you know them well. And then, and then that'll, that frees you up to dabble into other things that maybe aren't your strengths, but you're super interested in. Uh, a good example is I, I hired an analyst, um, just happened to be out of Deloitte. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't searching. And um, he's been great at the numbers, great at putting it, but he, he wanted to, you know, he never rolled out a tool before. So now he's leading our Aviso rollout. He actually put the process together. You know, he's quote, you know, acted like a PM, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not a PM. You know, right. we hired we hired him as an analyst, but because he did so much, you know, did so well as an analyst, he right. knew the process that helped him kind of translate into something he wanted to do and wanted to experience. Now, whether he wants to stay in that track, I probably right. not. Right. But 
but it was something he wanted to try out. And, you know, he got that opportunity because he played well where he was strong. Right. Right. Uh, right. Which, right. right. That, that's, that's really insightful, right? I mean, play to your strength, develop uh, credibility and trust, and you get opportunities and obviously uh, try and voice your opinion. Thank you. This has been uh, really insightful, Robert. Appreciate all the insights uh, about your journey and also the culture you're building. And I wish you all the best and thanks for your time today in sharing JFrog success. Thank you. So with that, I would like to wrap up this podcast. Thank you all for tuning into Reimagine Enterprise Sales Systems. To listen to more exciting podcasts, please visit my website, pratikm.com or protikm.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast and other channels that you follow so that you'll never miss your show.